Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. I got Jonathan and DS here for a Patriots podcast midseason recap. First off, fellas, how are we doing? Hey, uh, pretty good. How about you, Ryan? Oh, I'm doing swell, you know. I wish I could say the same about our Patriots, but I cannot. Jonathan? <laughs> Doing good, Ryan. How are you? Again, doing very swell. Thank you for asking. Wish the Patriots were doing the same, but I cannot. So let's hop right into it. The Patriots right now sit at a very mid four and four record in 2022. They started off the season with a disappointing loss in Miami. Then followed that up with a Win in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is very down this year, but at least it was a win. They followed that up with a pair of losses to Baltimore and an also struggling Green Bay team. However, the Green Bay game was the season debut for Bailey Zappi, who's almost beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, but they lost by three in overtime. They didn't went on to beat Detroit and Cleveland with Bailey at their third string quarterback in charge. Uh, I think I skipped over the part where Hoyer got hurt with a, what was it? A concussion or a clavicle or something like that. Yeah. He got conky. Yeah. So he, he, he went rip real quick, which meant Bailey had to come in. Uh, But that got the team back to three and three. Mac Jones then came back from his injury to start Monday night in sh- against the Chicago Bears, and that went terrible and so bad that Bailey came back in. And he also, after a quick start, he then crapped the bed in a very, very disappointing loss to the Bears on Monday night. Mac Jones then is reinstated as the quarterback and leads the team to a win in New York against the Jets. And that gets them to where we are at this point in the season, preparing for a week nine home game against the Indianapolis Colts before their week 10 bye week. So DS, I will let you get started here. I know that on our most recent edition of the pod, we kind of gave some quick thoughts on where (coughs) we were at with the Patriots this year, but kind of, Kind of give me your thoughts of, of how these first eight games have gone. Kind of, is this what you expected out of the Patriots from an offensive, defensive standpoint? And uh, what, what could have been? What things do you, like, what, what, what are your thoughts here? So through the first eight games here, four and four, I did not expect it to go the way it's gone so far. I would have thought they would have a better record. I also thought they would have started off better. Uh, Just given the first two games, I just, I don't know. And then Mac obviously getting hurt. That hurts things uh, for the offense. They have a new offense. They're trying to sort of implement with Mac. Uh, Second year, they got Matt Patricia and Joe judge uh, running that offense. And, a lot of question marks there. It didn't look good to start. It still hasn't really looked all that good overall. It's looked the best with Bailey Zappi. And if you want to say they 
change things, whatever. I don't know. All I know is the offense has looked better uh, with that guy in there, Zappy. And I'm impressed that they were able to hold things together when Mac was out for his high ankle sprain. Um, and now that he's back, you know, big win against the Jets. If they had lost that game, I think your season is pretty much done at that point. Um, but offensively, yeah, I've been very, very disappointed. Mac has been making some boneheaded plays out there, been throwing the ball um, at times and in places where you just scratch your head and you're like, what are you doing? Like, why, why, why would you make that, that call there? Why would you throw it there? Um, and yeah, it's not good. The pick that he threw that basically got him benched against the bears where he threw it off his back foot. That was, that was horrible. That was like one of the worst picks you could possibly throw in that spot. And defensively, I think they have been about what I would expect, if not a little bit better um, in spots like, Jack Jones, I think, uh, rookie flashing already uh, as a cornerback. That's really good to see um, on that side of the ball. And I think that they that is their strength. That in their run game is really the backbone of this team. And they need to improve in the passing game or else they're not going to really go far. Um, so if all you can do is run the ball and play defense – that's nice, but it'll only get you so far. So they still got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Jonathan, give me your thoughts on the Patriots at the halfway point of their 2022 season. Their record reflects what I think of them in that they're just painfully average. I think their defense is slightly above average. I think their offense is slightly below average. So you add those together, you get pretty average. Their quarterback, I think, is below average. I've been impressed with Ramondre Stevenson. He's been a nice – he looks like he's a legit three-down back. You know, they'll probably let Damian Harris go in free agency in the offseason, but Ramondre looks like legit, like the best running back they've had in a while, you know, as as in terms of like a three-down legit back. Um, Jacoby Meyer's been good. Um, He's their best receiver by far, despite what people talk about Kendrick Bourne, like he's Jerry Rice Jr., like ridiculous. Like Kendrick Bourne plays all the time and barely gets any catches because he's simply just not that good. And the defense, as I said, is slightly above average. I think the front's been good. Judon is is tied for the lead in sacks, so he's been great. We'll see if he fades down the stretch like he did last year. And, um, you know, Nick Folk uh, says, say what you want. The dude is just absolute cash. And when your kicker is one of your bright spots, it probably means you're pretty mid unless you're Baltimore. <laughs> and uh, that's just, that's just what it is. I mean, I, I have not been impressed with Mac Jones at all. I, I think he's regressed and that it's very worrisome um, because the quarterback is by far the most important position on the team, as we know. And if you don't have a, a legit one, you are completely and utterly like toast. Yep. And I, I couldn't agree more. And when you top that off with the fact that they're in last place in their division, granted, they are four and four, but they're chasing the likes of Super Bowl favorites in Buffalo. There's they're chasing the upstart Miami Dolphins and even a Jets team that they just beat still has a better record than them, even if we do believe them to be very fraudulent across the board. So the team definitely has a lot of work to do. They 
if they want to scratch and claw their way to a playoff spot, it, they certainly still have a chance, uh, but it's going to be an uphill battle for sure. Let's talk about midseason grades for both the offense and defense. Jonathan, I will let you get you started. Give me just you can do you can do it on numeric scale, a letters grade, whatever floats your boat on this one. But talk to me about specifically just the offense and the defense, how you would grade them as a whole on a as a unit so far through 2022. I will give the offense a C minus. Uh, as I said before, Ramondre Stevenson has been Ramondre Stevenson has been very good. Jacoby Myers, when he plays, has been very good. Outside of that, I really am looking for the positives. The tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, that you pay a gazillion dollars to, once again are doing nothing this year. I mean, Hunter Henry has scored a couple touchdowns. Um, you know, and he was more of a red zone threat last year, but Johnny Smith is is actually paid even more than him. And once again, is basically just a blocker, a glorified blocker. Um, your free agent, your trade, excuse me, for wide receiver Devontae Parker has looked okay. He had a great game against the Ravens. Outside of that, he's basically done nothing. Uh, and now he's hurt. Kendrick Bourne, the guy that they refer to as Jerry, as I refer to as Jerry Rice Jr., the way he's hyped up as the greatest like wide receiver you've ever seen, does nothing consistently. They say he's in Matt Patricia's doghouse, but yet when he plays, he's still absolute garbage. Um, and the quarterback is terrible. Um, Bailey Zappi looked good. Sadly, that fraud coach uh, probably ruined him, putting him in in that Chicago game. Um, so the offense is C minus, just because basically carried on the back of Ramondre Stevenson, who looks like a legit RB one stud, and Jacoby Myers, who consistently just gets open and and catches the ball but gets no respect. In the defense, I will give a B. Uh, Jack Jones looks okay. He has sneaky been burned more than people think, but that's kind of what happens when you play the style that he does. You know. Um, they can't get above a B because Justin Fields carved them up, um, which is a which is a bad sign going forward. Considering Justin Fields is completely terrible, although uh, put an asterisk on this, um, I hate Justin Fields. But if he's like nasty down the stretch, uh, I was the first one to say it. But right now he stinks. <laughs> um, the front has been okay, and I, like I said before, Mister Sacks. Uh, not Carl Nassim, Matthew Judon has been outstanding. Got a, he's got a legit shot to lead the league in sacks this year. Um, but, you know, they haven't been great. I mean, they've been pretty good. But, you know, I haven't been. It's not like they're locking teams down. You know, they shut out Detroit because Jared Goff is a complete loser and Belichick owns him. Um, but, you know, like I said, you get, you get torn apart by the Bears offense, then you, you, can't, you can't get above a B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that Monday night game was just so frustrating on so many different levels. Uh, the, the fact that they made him look like Patrick Mahomes at times with just how he was able to convert third downs at wills and, and how they just let the bears just run all over him, whether it was the quarterback, whether it was any one of two running backs in Montgomery or Herbert or whether it was a wide receiver, jet sweep, end around. Didn't matter. Uh, they, they just could not stop anything on the ground, and they, they just could not get off the field. It, it was just a, a total crapshoot on primetime. Dan, give me your midseason grades for the Pats on offense and defense. So I, I pretty much align with most of what Jonathan just laid out there. 
Um, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm going to go C for the offense. And pretty much for the same reasons that Jonathan gave it a C minus, but I do think that when we still haven't seen a quarterback in there for an extended period, you know, like a true run, you know, Mac in his third game, you know, gets rolled up on whatever. And the offense never really got a chance to ever get its footing ever. And part of that is on Mac. Part of that is on, you know, just the offense in general doesn't matter. But I think that what you saw with Zappy, um, you know, he, he was able to kind of string together that, that, uh, that Browns game where he threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that is like what you want to see. You're not going to get that every week out of Mac, but I believe Mac has that ability to perform the offense in that manner. And at times it's looked nice with Mac, but the problem is it's looked a lot more, you know, just, uh, as a liability and you know when you're trying to win games you can't turn the ball over you can't be throwing picks and i just think that's the main thing with mac right now is if he can eliminate throwing picks that's going to be much better but that is why it's a it's a c for me and i think Ramondre has been absolutely outstanding like jonathan said he's been awesome and nick folk too um i know that's special teams but the offense is still able to put up points because of Nick Folk. So I'm going to throw him in there as well. So that's why they get a C and then the defense, I'll give them a B as well. Um, kind of like Jonathan said, if you're going to make um, the bears look like that in prime time on Monday night, like, come on, you know, you cannot get gashed like that against an offense as anemic as that. I mean, come on. They Their passing game had been so horrendous up until that point, and they were throwing on them big time. So that's hard to see. But besides that, McCordy still has it. You know, he's definitely, you know, on his last legs, but he's still giving them something. Judon, like Jonathan mentioned, has been their far and away star uh, leading the league in sacks right now. He, hopefully he can, you know, sustain that, like you said, Jonathan. Jack Jones um has been you know good obviously he will make mistakes like you mentioned as well but i think the defense again like that's been their backbone they get a b and um i know you didn't ask for a special teams grade ryan but uh Mm -hmm. i because of how inconsistent they've been and how shitty jake bailey has been c plus they're gonna deep no. They're gonna deep. Whoa, nah. Nick Folk's too good. Emmer Guich Jones has been good the last couple of weeks, but Miles <sighs> Bryan is terrible, and Jake Bailey has been terrible. And they Jake still Bailey, surfi- they still fire Cam Accord. And Jake Bailey's getting like four point five million to be shit, shit. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, all right. I, I would I would give the offense a C minus. I'm I'm with you guys. The offense has just been anemic at, for the most part. They show flashes at times, but just absolutely no consistency whatsoever. Defensively, though, I I just maybe maybe it's because I'm not watching the games as much as you guys are because I don't really have access to it. 
uh, and I can only see when they're on the national stage, not when they're more so on the local. But the the defense just doesn't look like it's as great. It it just feels like their output is merely a product of their opponents, which I I understand you, you can only play the opponents on your schedule, but the fact that they're bought below average in pass yards allowed and deep uh, rush rushing yards allowed. It, it just, it, it's concerning because they haven't exactly played really anyone outside of Baltimore and Miami, unless you want to count the jets, which I I'm really not keen to. So, I mean, they, they just, I, I would have thought that the defense would have played better as a sense. I mean, you can't ask for much more than like shutting out Detroit, keeping teams like Cleveland and Pittsburgh in, in the teens, but they've had games where they just cannot stop anyone. And they let Baltimore drop 37 on their head. They couldn't stop Justin Fields in that bears offense to save their lives. Like they've been exposed at times. So I would not give the defense a B I would say they're C plus at best. I know that the points they've, they've been good about keeping the ball out of the end zone and limiting the damage. They've been definitely bend don't break. Uh, but I feel like that's going to catch up to them in the long run and with how the offense has been playing. So I, I don't like the prospects for this team, but based on what I have seen, uh, I would, I would give this the defense a C plus and the offense a C minus. Uh, special teams, I'll give them I'll give them a B minus because Nick Folk has been just reliable as heck. And yeah, Jake Bailey sucked dong, but outside of that, I, 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 that's about it for me on special teams. I, I have no comment on the return units. They are what they are. Um. Uh, but let's let's turn our attention back to the quarterback position. So obviously, Mac Jones comes into the year as a starter, gets hurt with a high ankle sprain. Hoyer comes in, immediately gets hurt in his first start, and then Bailey Zappi, whose name I will last name I will repeatedly say correct incorrectly from time to time. It's what it's really what I'm feeling. He came in, he performed admirably at times, but. Also, at times, you can tell there's a reason he was like a seventh-round pick or undrafted and a third-string quarterback on this team. So w- then you factor in what Belichick did on that Monday night game, which was start Mac Jones coming back from injury, fair, but then quick tr- quick trigger to yank him after a poor start, go back to the guy, that had been leading the team well for the most part and watch him get off to a quick start, but then flame out completely and utterly. Then you go back to Mac. It's, it just, it seems like Belichick and the Patriots are not handling their quarterback room very well in season so far. So the question for me that I want to ask you guys is has Belichick just completely ruined the confidence of both Mac Jones and Bailey Zapp from, from here on out? Like, are they toast from a confidence standpoint? Can they, can they really find it in them to, to develop some consistently good quarterback play or, 
are, are we just are, we, are the Patriots in a spot where they they are going to have to address this with a new quarterback in the offseason? Dan, I'll start with you. Well, I think I think there's a good chance they're going to have to address it in the offseason, but should they be able to like figure it out, Bailey or Mac? I think yeah, like I I don't love what Bill did on Monday night. I think he was kind of lying through his teeth when he was like, oh, yeah, the plan was always, you know, three drives. Like, I don't – like, come on, dude. Like, he threw in a courageous pick and you pulled him. Like, it is what it is. Um, but I don't think – I don't think that is something that would destroy, you know, the confidence of a quarterback. Yeah, it might piss him off. It might shake him up a bit, especially a guy like Mac, 15th overall pick. You're the guy, like – up until this point, you are like the guy, like there's no question. Like why, why would you ever think that you're not? Um, and then Zappy comes in and he's looking nice. And then Zappy's confidence could, uh, you know, get altered by playing, you know, the way he did in that second half. But going back to Mac, I just think that he's a guy that is highly motivated, but it doesn't, I don't think it, it's going to hurt him that much to the point where he's going to be ruined per se uh, by the fact that he was challenged by Bailey Zappi or that he was yanked out of a game in prime time and people were chanting Zappi like, yeah, that's humiliating. That's not ideal. No one wants to go through that. But if you're at play, you're at that level of your profession at that level in the NFL, I just think that it, you know, a quarterback can get, even more motivated by that competition um, and by a guy doing well, just as a human being, you're going to feel like, Oh man, I got to step up. I got to prove I'm the guy. Like I got to really make sure they know I am him without any doubt. And yeah, short term Mac might be a little bit flustered. I'm sure he is, but, and on top of that, he's still coming back from that injury. Like I'm sure he's still banged up from that. So you, Combine all of that, I don't think he's destroyed or ruined. I don't think either of them are. But Mac is going to have to show a lot, I think, in the second half to prove that, hey, stick with me and let's keep keep this train going. You know, I if he keeps throwing the ball to the other team, he's going to lose his job, plain and simple. Hmm. Jonathan, what, what say you on this matter? Yeah, I, I I can echo what like Dan said pretty much. I don't, I don't think either of the quarterbacks, you know, is completely toast. But I don't know if either of the quarterbacks are all that talented. You know, it's like mm. yeah, did Belichick hurt their confidence? Sure. But like Mac Jones looked terrible long before that Chicago game. Before he got hurt, he had two touchdowns and five picks and the team was one and two. They're three and seven in his in Mac Jones's last ten starts, so it's like, yeah, his confidence might have been shot from one game, but like the dude hasn't been winning at all. So I, I just don't, I don't think, I'm, I got more faith in Zappy, but like he's not gonna, they're gonna go with Mac because he was the first round pick and stuff, and he's got better better measurables and stuff like that, but. Uh, I don't think either of them are all that good. I just think that, you know, the, tr- the light is coming out that 
that you, you have two mid quarterbacks, you don't have one. And, you know, I don't really think the Monday night game affected them all that much. I mean, I, I know like the argument that can be made, right. That Mac Jones, you know, Bill Belichick benched him on, on off the pick. And then he got like that. They were chanting zappy zappy. His own fans turned against him, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I mean, the dude threw two touchdowns and five picks. He threw three picks in the Baltimore game when no one even knew what Bailey Zappi looked like. So, I mean, I, I don't think that game affected him that much. His confidence was already shot because he knows he's not that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it just begs the question on will the team just decide to move on from Mac Jones after this season? Obviously, they don't need to make that decision uh, in this offseason quite yet in terms of a contract, but it honestly might be getting to the point where you, you it's time to bring someone else to at least challenge him and, and not just someone like Bailey Zappi to, to just uh, who's your third string quarterback. I think you're probably looking at draft because I, we know this team isn't going to go out and, and spend for a quarterback. They're going to try and draft someone, but like they did with Mac and maybe for once they'll actually trade up in the draft, tr- trade some draft capital to move up and get whoever they believe to be the next guy, because sitting at the spot that they were in, in the, when they got Mac Jones rather than trading up appears to be biting them in the butt cheeks. And uh, I was disappointed in that decision from day one. Uh, I w- was fine with Mac, but I wish they had, would have gone and traded up for someone else in that draft, kind of like Justin Fields. But especially after seeing what he did against us in Foxborough, that was tough. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I can agree with both of your sentiments in that it might m- be more so a talent thing than a confidence issue uh, for the quarterbacks that the Patriots currently have. So if now my other question that I want to pose, and I I mean, I I don't think that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat, but if the Patriots were to fall flat on their face and just tank, let's say they finish like six and 11, something like that. They just, Offense goes just completely anemic. Defense can't do anything, can't get off the field. Uh, what what is uh, what is Bill's kind of how how warm is Bill Belichick's seat? Given the fact that he has not been able to turn things around in the post Tom Brady era, outside of one nine and eight season where they got molly whopped in the in the wild card round by buffalo uh jonathan i'll start with you so if if when tom brady was here bill belichick's seat was like a block of ice because it was so cold um i would say his seat has has de-thawed now and there's like a heating pad under like where you would sit so it's like getting like slightly warm. It's not like on fire or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think he still has at least next year. But, and I don't think they would ever cordially fire him. I have a feeling it would be like a mutually agreed decision to part ways or something like that. Basically like yeah. the Danny Ainge, like the Danny Ainge 
announcement. Yep. It's like a it's like a mutually agreed departure dressed up when everyone knows it's really like a firing. Um, but I would say like if I was gonna put like a temperature on it, like if if zero is like ice cold, and then thirty two you start thawing out a little bit, I would put his around like forty five, maybe getting close to like fifty degrees. Yeah, so it's, so it's like it's almost like halfway there. Warm. Yeah, it's like it's like a hoodie and a sweatshirt weather. Hmm. I, I can I can <laughs> I can roll with that. DS, what what do you think? Where where is it at temperature wise? Yeah, I would uh I'd say about the same as Jonathan. Like that seat right now, it's got the heating pad on, but it's like kind of on the lower setting, you know, it's like you're kind of easing into it. Um I think that at least next season, like Jonathan said. I think that it would take a lot for Kraft to like sit Bill down and be like, Hey, like, you know, we got to figure this out. I do think, you know, if it goes the way you said, Ryan, like a six and 11, you know, I don't know like what would happen to like the offensive staff. Like I think changes there would be made, but for Bill, I just think that he has such a close relationship with Kraft that, I could see him being here, even if they're like mediocre like this, I could see him being here for at least another two years after this. Um, Just because of like blind faith, basically. Um, And I think Kraft is going to let Bill run the team until he's done. That's my opinion. And my opinion is Bill probably has, I think Bill probably wants to coach until he breaks uh, Don Shula's record. And I think Kraft will allow him to do that because I still think at the end of the day, Kraft believes that Bill will still do everything in his power to, you know, try to leave whoever is in charge, you know, leave it in good hands. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you don't think there's like, and I'm stretching here by I'm being hypothetical and just thinking like worst case scenario here. Like, is there, is there any way that like it would get, it could get to the point without just strictly based off of on field performance, no off field nonsense, like strictly on the field performance that Kraft would approach Belichick and be like, Hey buddy, it's either I'm firing you or you retire. Like this, this is just not working. You can't like, we're just, we're just not in a good spot anymore. Like this is just not working. It's, it's time. Like, is that, is that like something that either of you could like conceive or is that just too far fetched even at, no, at I, it's too far fetched. Cause he's not, he's not retiring until he catches Shula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's I, like, yeah. he's not going to say like, I don't think it would be very greasy. So what he comes out in May, March, and says he's going to retire, and then, you know, he gets hired by someone. Like, yeah. I guess that would be like kind of like they'd still have his rights if he retired, like Gronk esque. But mm-hmm. I, no, I he he wants to coach until he catches Shula. I, I'm pretty, I'm very confident in that. Um, so I can't see any way he was like, and he still needs what twenty something wins to get that. So that's like at least two. At least two, three, like three seasons, probably. So, 
yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that scenario occurring. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, enough about Belichick and the quarterbacks. Let's let's bring it back full circle and and discuss the outlook of the team going into the second half. So obviously they've got Indy this week at home, followed by a week uh, in week 10. They're on bye. then coming out of the bye, they play the jets at home. Then they play at Minnesota four nights later on Thanksgiving night, then home against Buffalo. Once again, on a Thursday, then they get like a week and a half break uh, as they play a Monday night game in Arizona at the, the Vegas Raiders home against Cincinnati. And then they finish up with a pair of January games against Miami and at Buffalo. So given their current state, the fact that they're four and four, they are last place in the division, but they would be the first team out of the playoffs. If they started today, what would you guys say should be this team's mindset? Should they, is this a team that feels like it would be worth scratching and clawing for a wild card spot, knowing you're probably going to get your ass handed to you again by someone like Kansas city or Baltimore or Buffalo, whoever is in that two or three spot, uh, or should they just kind of throw in the towel at this point and just say, we, we have no shot of winning a championship. We might as well just get experience for the younger guys and just try and improve our draft stock and get whatever highest pick we can in the first round. Like what, what would you say the team should do from here on out as well as what you think they will do? from here on out. Jonathan, I'll let you start on this one. So I wish they would tank because I, I'm of the belief that being eight and nine, nine and eight, which is what they're going to finish up as maybe seven and 10, if we're lucky um, is the worst place to be in the league, picking in the high teens, low twenties, year after year, just consistently mid never actually having a chance to compete for a super bowl, but never actually having a chance to, be bad enough that you get legit franchise altering talent um, is the worst place to be. Um, But they won't, they'll, they'll, they'll play to win. And sadly they'll, they'll win their next two games against the Colts and the jets. They'll bring the six and four. Then they'll drop their next two games, bring the six and six. Then they go out (laughs) West and play the Cardinals and Raiders and they'll split that. So they will be seven and seven coming home. And then they'll, they'll split the, Bengals and Dolphins, they'll win one of those home games. I can't tell you which. So they'll be eight and eight going into Buffalo. And if Buffalo has something to play for, they'll be eight and nine. If Buffalo has already clinched the one seed and isn't playing anyone because it's the last week of the season, they'll win and they'll be nine and eight. So eight and nine, nine and eight, they're they are so painfully five hundredly mid. And it's just it's so awful. And I, I can't stand watching it. Mm-hmm. I also wish that they would tank because it's it's painfully obvious they they have no like championship outlook this year or beyond given the state of the offense uh, as well as the is the somewhat inconsistent play on defense at times. So uh, I would I would wish they would just throw in the towel as well. 
but I'm, I, I, I find myself struggling to, to disagree with you, Jonathan. It's just, they're going to find a way to scratch and claw win games. Maybe they'll pull an upset here or there, um, but they're probably going to lose most of the games that they should lose. And they're probably going to win the games that they should win. And that's just going to result in them being anywhere from seven and 10 to nine and eight, unless injuries just start piling up to the point where they just start tanking. Uh, I just don't do not see this team getting on a roll and just, and finishing with double digit wins. I, I, I do not see that as a plausible outcome for this team. So uh, I, I think they'll probably finish eight and nine. That's how I would, I would have marked them down as, and hopefully that is like a pick in like 15 or 16, but like Jonathan th- said, it'll probably be somewhere in the high teens to maybe 20 if they were to somehow sneak in, but uh, it, it, it's not great. DS, what are, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I am very against tanking. I'm anti-tank. Um, I, I just, one, obviously, I don't see them. Like, I, I don't see it happening. And two, I, 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 I just, I don't want it to happen. Because, look, Mid Jones was the 15th overall pick, and he does not seem like the guy. And I'm not saying, like, yeah, go back and, you know, try to get, like, a close to, you know, like a top 10 pick and try again. But if you were to try again, like, who's to say? He's already struck out once, it seems like. And I'm not, you know, totally ruling it out that he could be the guy, but – seems like he may have uh, striking out on Mac Jones. And I don't know, like, I think Bill can still draft well later on in the first round. He's done it in the past, like Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower. I know it was like a decade ago, but they were both in the twenties in the first round. And I think that you don't have to have like a top 15, top 12 pick to be able to get that talent. Um, and this past draft is starting to look okay thus far. And I think that if you were to tank, quote-unquote, you're just damaging your culture, which the culture isn't great right now, but they still went to the playoffs last year. They got spanked. And if they could make the playoffs again and, you know, maybe sneak out a game or at least make it competitive, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but if they could make it competitive, like you're working towards something, but if you were to tank, you're just starting from square one again. And I don't think this team needs to go that way. Um, they've spent so much money in free agency over the last couple of years. And I just think you try to keep building. And that's my opinion. I just think a, a tank would, would be horrible and would just expedite even worse shit to come. Because I don't think a tank right now would ensure you anything positive. Going forward. No, it, it definitely doesn't ensure you anything. Yeah. Other than a higher draft pick, uh, but it at least gives you a better chance and more of higher value draft capital to be yeah. able to work with uh, what you do with it is, is up to the organization to hit on. And so far it, 
they've been they've been I think they've been solid at other positions in the last couple of years. I mean, I definitely harped on them for for some of their first round draft picks of late for sure. Uh, but I think as a whole, they haven't been all that bad at evaluating talent and and drafting. But they need to start hitting on these first round picks and. I think that if you can get yourself into his position where you're in the top 10 and be able to kind of move up or down to get pretty much most any quarterback that you want, obviously if you've got some stud quarterbacks coming out, you're probably not going to be able to vault all the way from 10 to one without an insane draft pick uh, package. But it's at least feasible or at least somewhat possible if the, if you have a better starting pick in that draft, if, if they're sitting at 17 or 19 or somewhere in that range, come the draft in April, they're just not really going to have enough ammo to, they have to drastically overpay to, to get the quarterback that they would prefer most likely. So I, yeah. I just think if you can sacrifice, if it means sacrificing one season to be able to go and get the next guy, then I think it would be worth it because they've already tried the whole kind of sit and wait and get the guy that falls to them. And that's not worked out so far. So I, I would prefer them to go and, and sacrifice whatever, draft capital it is to go get one of the best quarterback options that you can get in the draft. Cause I, I don't want them overpaying for a free agent either. I, I don't think that's, that's the preferred way either. That's not a long-term solution if you ask me. Uh, but I, I would say that if, if you can, if you can redraft, if you can go through the draft by any means do that. Uh, I just, they don't have a history of doing that. And they're likely not going to have the draft capital to do that, which makes it really puts them in a really tough spot going forward. If Mac Jones can't figure it out. So that's all I have on my agenda right now. Do you guys have any sort of final things you want to add, talk about here on the paths so far? Or are we gonna call this a show? Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think that about covers it for me. I mean, yeah, like if if shit does not get you know back on track, like for real on the second half, then they're gonna have uh, some uh, questions to answer at the quarterback spot in the off season. And yeah, I, it's it's weird that they're already like in this spot. It feels like Matt, like Mac literally just is coming off a nice, really nice rookie campaign. And it just sucks to, to see him become mid and like mm-hmm. playing like trash. So, yeah. I'm with you, Jonathan, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you guys cover it. Patriots are just, they're very, very mid. All right. No I think that's going to do it. Yep. Yep. Definitely mid as could be. So that's going to do it for this edition of Fix and Task Sports. For Jonathan and DS, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time.
Fuck Duke. Again. Fuck. <laughs>